Hello. Speaking behalf on New Antioch Christian Fellowship, both our campuses, Central Campus and Aliante Campus, on behalf of the pastor and the staff. In the midst of the coronavirus outbreak, there's been some changes to the way we do church nowadays. But we're in the 21st century and thanks to technology, we are still able to broadcast to you. So every Sunday, we still will be on Facebook Live and we still will provide a podcast, an audio version of the sermon played back from last week. We also have a YouTube channel for you to still consume the content and still feel connected to the church. Even though the physical presence, it's a difference. We're still with you in spirit, but we encourage you in the meantime to still be able to give. So visit NewAntiochAliante.org or NewAntioch.org or you can text giving, text NewAntioch to 77977 and make a donation. These donations help keep the ministry afloat. They also provide us with the resources for us to still be able to be connected in the midst of a tragedy like this. So thank you. We look forward to seeing you again when all this is over. Take care. Welcome to a new episode of the NACF Podcast. Thank you for joining us today. We're just about ready to close out the series, the Born Identity Series, the first series of the first quarter of 2020. Pastor Parson speaks on being unique, being your authentic self, being true to who you are, being true to who God made you. So listen up on I Am Authentically Me. Coming up. So what we find is that ever since sin has entered the world, we have felt ashamed. And what holds many of us back from being our authentic selves is shame. Shame is a powerful, painful emotion. Do I got any witness in here? Shame brings with it the fear of rejection, the need for approval called the greatest showman. And it's the story of P.T. Barnum. And those of us who are older, we remember growing up going to Barnum and Bailey Circus. Anybody my age, you're not old enough for Barnum and Bailey Circus. <laughs> okay, all right. And so P.T. Barnum uh, had put together this group of misfits and funny looking people. But each of them had a gift. Each of them had a great talent. They were a gift. They were a gift to the world. They were a gift to society. But they had been taught to be ashamed of themselves. And so P.T. Barnum, he, he puts them on stage and he created what was called the greatest show on earth. Also known as the circus. But he was also ashamed of himself. He was born poor and he had been rejected by the high society folks. And they were folks that his, he and his father had worked for. And he fell in love with the daughter of one of these high society people. And, and he spent his life trying to be good enough for her father. So when the circus came out and he got famous, he discovered a more acceptable singer than his circus act people. And they finally let him in the room with the high society folks. But then he was too ashamed of his circus performers to let them party with the high society people. So he told them, y'all just go and get ready for your show tonight. In other words, he was telling them, he didn't let them in the room. He said, y'all just, y'all just go. You got a show tonight. And so what, what he was basically telling them is, look, I'm fine for the circus, but not for society. He, they, they were saying, oh, oh, I see. I'm fine for the circus, but not for society. Let, let me park here. We were all created wonderfully. We have gifts and talents. We are all gifts and we are givers. We are created on purpose and for a purpose and we are perfect for our purpose. But someone taught us to be ashamed of ourselves, ashamed of our shortcomings and our imperfections. Somebody made you feel like you were fine for the circus, but not for society. <laughs> you know, the guys who will sleep with you, but they won't marry you. You fine for the circus, but not for society. You, you know those women, those women, they'll, they'll get you to change their tires for them in the middle of the night, but they're not going to bring you as their escort to the office party. 
you, you fine for the circus, but not for society. You know, you know the people that they, they'll get your services, they'll get you to do it for free. But when it's time to pay somebody, they go get somebody else. Because you was fine for the circus, but not so for society. You know, they'll let you do the grunt work at work, but when it's time for promotion, you ain't going to get the promotion. You don't have the right look. You don't have the right color. You don't have the right vocabulary. You don't have the right family name. You don't have the right education. Baby, you fine for the circus, but not for society. But in the movie, in the movie, this group of misfits had found themselves. They had been on stage for a while now. They had been walking and living in purpose. They had had a taste of their own spotlight. They weren't the same pitiful sideshow clowns that they had been when P.T. Barnum found them. They had grown now. They had discovered who they were. And so they, they didn't get in the party, but they marched right out of there in front of everybody. You guys can set up my video. They marched out in front of everybody. And here's what they had to say. Look at the, look at the words. I am not a stranger to the dark. Hide away, they say, because we don't want your broken parts. I'm learning to be ashamed of all my scars. Run away, they say, no one will love you as you are. But I won't let them break me down to dust. I know that there's a place for us, for we are glorious. When the sharpest words want to cut me down, I'm going to send the blood, going to drown them out. I am brave, I am bruised, I am who I'm meant to be. This is me.
Somebody say, this is me. This is me. This is me. I know who I am. As a matter of fact, I am positive. I am grown. I am a champion. I got the eye of the tiger, a fighter, dancing through the fire because I am a champion and you're going to hear me roar. This is me. I am not an imposter. I am a new creation. I'm created for a purpose. I am a gift and a giver. I am God's story. I am who I'm meant to be. This is me. Look out because here I come. I'm marching to the beat that I drum. I'm not scared to be seen. I make no apologies. This is me. This is me. And when you finally discover who you are, when you know who you are in Christ, you can stand tall and brave and bold and declare, this is me. I am authentically me. Authentic means not false or copied. It's not it's being genuine, being real. It means representing one's true nature, one's true beliefs, being true to yourself. Oh, but it's not easy. Being me. Kermit the Frog say, it's not easy being green. It's, it's not easy to be me. God, God has shown me who I am. And one day I was praying to the Holy Spirit and I, I found myself begging him to help me be me. And why would I need help to be me? And why have we gone through the first several months of this year just trying to figure out who we are and who we're supposed to be so that we can be ourselves, so we can walk in purpose? What's the issue? Well, the problem started in the Garden of Eden where mankind was first created. God formed mankind in his image so that we could relate to God and be in fellowship with him. We had emotion. We had intellect. We had free will. We had spirit. We had eternity. We had dominion. We were just like God. We were created male and female so we could reproduce and we could be a family. And the Bible says that Adam and his wife were both naked and they felt no shame. Hey, this is me. This is all of me. It's all of me. I don't know if they were muscular or skinny or whether they were thick. I don't know the size of his manhood or the size of her breast. I, I don't know this square, square chin or the curve of her hips. It didn't matter what they looked like. This is me, and I'm not ashamed. I am authentically me. But something happened. Sin entered the world. They disobeyed God. They made a choice to do what God had asked them not to do. And for the first time, they felt this thing called shame. Sin brings shame. Shame, a, a feeling of embarrassment or exposure. Uh, now you see in me something that I didn't want you to see. And this is, this is what happened down in, in Genesis chapter 3. It says, now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals that the Lord had made. And, and as, as we go on in the Bible, the Bible lets us know that this serpent was, was Satan. And, and as Satan begins to get in this serpent, and I assume that in the beginning that the conversation between uh, animals and, and people was not uh, uncommon. Some of y'all think your dog understand you now and, and, and that you understand your dog. So it's not that far-fetched. But the woman, the woman says to the serpent, he, he, said, the, uh, he said to the woman, did God really say you couldn't eat of the trees of the garden? Well, no, that ain't really what he said. He said we could eat of every tree of the garden, actually. Um, but God did say that that tree over there, that we shouldn't eat of that one, the one in the middle of the garden. Don't He said, don't even touch it, you're going to die. Satan said, you ain't going to die. This is the reason why God don't want you to have it. Because God knows that when you eat it, your eyes going to be open and you're going to be like him. Which was a dumb thing to sell because we was already like him. So you're going to be like him knowing good and evil. Knowing good and evil. And so really the devil told him, right, what was up? When you eat this tree, you're going to know evil. Because at that point it was all good. But now you're going to know what good and evil is. 
So when the woman saw the fruit, she said it was good. It, it looked like it was good, pleasing to the eye. And then I can get this wisdom that the devil said that God don't want me to have. And so she took it and ate it, gave it to her husband. He ate it. And the Bible says, then the eyes of them were both open. And they realized they were naked. Now here comes shame. Now here comes something that I don't want you to see. The Bible says they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. And then a little later, the man and woman heard God coming in the garden and, and, and they hid from the Lord among the trees of the garden. And God said, man, where are you? What happened to this is me? Adam said, I heard you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked. So I hid. God said, who told you? Who told you you were naked? You've been eating something you ain't had no business eating. You've been at that tree. So what we find is that ever since sin has entered the world, we have felt ashamed. And what holds many of us back from being our authentic selves is shame. Shame is a powerful, painful emotion. Do I got any witness in here? Shame brings with it the fear of rejection, the need for approval, the need for validation, the fear of abandonment, the feeling of I'm not good enough. Shame brings shyness and withdrawal and self-hatred and insecurity. And we are taught to be ashamed of ourselves. We have so many uh, colloquialism. You should be ashamed of yourself or have you no shame or done it that's a shame or shame on you shame on you and my favorite you're embarrassing the family get it together you embarrassing the family or we say that's a shame before God well well, pastor when you do wrong shouldn't you feel shame there's a difference in being ashamed of what you did and being ashamed of who you are Shame was only supposed to make you feel bad about what you did so you wouldn't do it again. But the devil has twisted this thing. He's, 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 he's elevated this thing called shame. He's blown up this thing called shame that he's made us ashamed of who we are. And that is a, a painful, debilitating thing to live with. And there's lots of talk these days about shaming, shaming, about body shaming people and age shaming people and social media shaming. Kids are killing themselves when a bully uses shame. You know, bullies used to just push you around and hit you. But this cyberbullying is all about shame. It is powerful. It's deadly. It's so uncomfortable that people can't live with it. And and sin is what brought shame into the world. But the the problem is how we handled the shame. How did we handle the shame? What did mankind do to handle this ugly thing that he brought on himself? She brought on herself called shame. What did they do? First, they covered up. They put on fig leaves to cover up what they didn't want the other person to see. And I was reading something. I hope this don't offend anybody. If it does, it's not meant to. But I was reading something about drag queens. And though I don't condone that lifestyle, something in the philosophy of their culture kind of struck me as true. Uh, And uh, one of them was was quoting something, and they would basically say that everyone is a drag queen. They say, we were born naked. Everything else is drag. We were born naked. And so everything we put on technically is drag. I might say I might be a man covering up myself in a dress and some makeup, but everybody's covering up something. When they put on clothes, they covered up something. I have to say amen to that. When I put up clothes, I'm purposely covering up some things. Oh, my point 
is this. It's the same with all of us who are dealing with shame, who have experienced shame. We put on things to cover up what we don't want anyone else to see. You cover it up with shyness. You cover it up with anger. You cover it up by becoming a workaholic. You cover it up by chasing that money. You're covering it up with your attitude. You're covering it up with your bubbly personality. You're either too nice or you can be too mean. You macho kind of cover it up. You, you in a control trying to cover it up. You're covering up your shame by making me think that that quality that you don't like is not there. Cover it up. Put on my leaves. So you think it's not there. So I fall in love with your fig leaves. And I really don't even know the authentic you. Anybody that's been married can say amen. I fell in love with your fig leaves and then I found out who you were. (laughs) When my bosses and my HR people, I hired your fig leaves. When I work with you in the church, I'm working with your fig leaves. So first, (laughs) they covered it up. First, they covered up, and then they hid. And some of you have been hiding all your life, hiding your gifts and your talents because you don't want them rejected, hiding from your calling because you don't want to fail, hiding from people because of your insecurities and your shame, hiding from relationships and friendships because somebody hurt you once back in the day. How did we handle this shame? We handled the shame by covering it up and hiding. And that's why the song I played you said, I'm not a stranger to the dark. Yeah. I know I got some friends in here. I got any friends in here that's bad. I'm not a stranger to the dark. <laughs> I, I know it is a hide. He said, hide away, they say. We don't want your broken parts. I've learned to be ashamed of all my scars. Run away, they say. No one will love you as you are. So I got to cover it up. I got to hide because ain't nobody going to love me as I am. But when you cover up and hide, no one even gets to know you as you are. And so what you have become is not that different than a drag queen. Because when you take off all the stuff, that's not me. Before you take all this stuff, all this stuff, that's not me. The anger, the fear, the meanness, the defensiveness, that's not me. That's fig leaves. The hair, the nails, the eyelashes, the makeup, the designer clothes, that's not me. That's fig leaves. The spending money, the hustle, the swag, the control, your temper tantrums, that's not me. That's fig leaves. The shyness, the insecurity, the isolation, the depression, the being overly nice, the allowing myself to be taken advantage of, that's not me. That's fig leaves. That's me trying to deal with the shame. I don't want you to see me. I refuse to be vulnerable. I refuse to let myself get set up for failure or rejection. They're not going to talk about me. They're not going to shame me. They're not going to expose me. They're not going to hurt me. So I'm going to cover it up with what you. I think y'all want to see. Or I'm going to hide the real me. So you don't see me at all. I'm going to protect myself by any means necessary so you can't even get to the real me. Ooh, if y'all hang around in here, I'm going to save you two years of therapy. But if I don't become who I really am, 
if I'm not authentic me, if I'm not the authentic me that God created me to be, I'll never really walk in purpose. So I won't truly ever please God. I won't bring him glory. I won't be a help to anybody. I won't be able to play my role in the kingdom. And if I never become who I meant to be and fulfill the purpose for which I was created, then I become unnecessary. So here's the bottom line for the day. We were created in the image and likeness of God, and it was good. We were all created differently to play a specific role in the world and in the kingdom of God. Our purpose in life is to use that uniqueness, use that authentic you to worship God, to serve others, and to enjoy life, to bring glory to God, to do worship, evangelism, fellowship, discipleship, and ministry. Those are the things that you're supposed to do with the uniqueness of you. Lead people to Christ's change and purpose. And we all do that differently according to who we are. But sin and the results of sin has caused us to be ashamed of ourselves. And we have all morphed into something that we are not. And that has kept us from living out our purpose. We have not been ourselves. You know, most of us have days when we're not ourselves. Y'all know what we say, I'm just not myself today. I don't know what's wrong, I'm, I'm, I'm just not myself today. But imagine that you've lived most of your life like that. Some of you really should say, I haven't been myself this year. Some of you should say, I haven't been myself this decade. And if you tell the truth, a lot of you would say, I haven't been myself for the past 20 or plus years. I haven't been myself since that happened to me. I haven't been myself since that was said to me. I haven't been myself ever since that embarrassed me. I haven't been myself ever since that thing failed me. I haven't been myself since that thing bruised me. I haven't been myself since she hurt me. I haven't been myself since he crushed me. I haven't been myself since that situation traumatized me. I haven't been myself ever since that thing didn't work out for me. So I have covered up and I've been hidden away and my purpose has been hindered and I'm living life in isolation or I'm living life in this fake personality of what I think people want to see. I'm trying to be loved, but I'm not really being known I'm trying to please people or I'm angry and rebellious or stuck up or distant or defending myself claiming to other people that this person that you don't like don't care because this is me so you just gonna have to deal with it I don't care if y'all don't like me I don't care about that yeah, yeah, that's not true at all so your relationships suffer. Your world is smaller than it should be. Your purpose is not being filled. And some of you tell the truth are truly not happy. And the rest of you are just making do. But, but, but here are the facts about me. Only Jesus Christ knows the authentic me. He wants you back to your original design. But you have to ask him who that is. You have to ask the Holy Spirit to help you be you. And when he tells you, look, that's not you, believe him. And then let him change it. Say, Lord, I want to walk fully in my purpose, and I can't do it with this deformity of who I am. I can't do it with this fig leaf. I can't do it with this cover-up. But you know who I am. The heart is deceitful, and it's desperately wicked. I don't even know the authentic me. So you got to help me be me. And the Holy Ghost will tell you. He will nudge you. There was something I had a certain way of thinking. Uh, uh, growing up, I, I, to, to be authentically me and not be ashamed of my scars. But growing up, I had, uh, growing up, they called it being nasty. Uh, so anything sexual in our day was called nasty. And, and I had an ability to almost make anything into something nasty in my mind is the way I thought. And, and I thought it was me. 
And so I'm sitting down and laughing at something came on TV and I and I, I twisted it in my mind and it was kind of funny and I laughed at myself. I said, Girl, Naida, you so nasty. And the Holy Spirit said, That's not you. He said, That's a familiar spirit. That's been with you so long, you think it's you. That's not you. And the Holy Spirit is here to help you find out who the authentic you is. Because some of us, and I don't know, one of the preachers here said it over there earlier in this thing. He said that you have been answering to your nickname so long that you think that's your name. Some, some of us grew up. Um, my, my nickname was Nita. My family called me Nita. And that's how I can tell how long you've known me. Because if you call me Nita, I know you haven't, you've known me since I was a kid. And, and I answered to that name. Well, for well, some of you, the devil gave you a nickname. And you've been answering to that name. I'm just direct. I'm just... I'm just a cold piece. I can be a. <laughs> and you've been called that so long that you answer to that. But I, I have a real name. We call it a government name. My government name is not Nita. When I was a teenager, they called me Nye. My government name is not Nye. My government name is Naida Marie Parson. That's my government name. You have a kingdom name. Because see, we got another government we belong to. You have a kingdom name. And the devil has given you a nickname that you've been answering to, but you have got to get to your kingdom name. God, I am whatever you have called me. You and only you know the authentic me. So when I'm covering up and when I'm hiding, this is what I need you to do, Holy Spirit. Nudge me. If I start talking and that's not me, nudge me. If I start doing something that's not me, slap me. Holy Spirit, slap me and tell me, look, that's not you. Matter of fact, Holy Spirit, what I need you to do is punch me in my spirit. That's my new name for it. When you see me not being me, I want to be me. I want to be my authentic self. I want to walk fully in purpose. So when I get to acting like anything that's not like you, punch me in my spirit. And say, that's not you. Stop that negativity. Stop going off on people. Stop sitting up like you don't know. Stop backing down from a challenge. Stop picking everything apart. Stop denying your call. Stop speaking negative things into your life. Stop getting your feelings hurt every time somebody says something to you. Stop taking your ball and going home when you don't get your way. The Holy Spirit will punch you in your spirit and say, that's not you. And Holy Spirit, I give you permission. If it's not like you, then it's not me. If it's not like Christ, then it is not the authentic me. Help me be me. And Jesus Christ is the only one who knows who I was created to be. The authentic me. And only Jesus Christ loves the authentic me. See, all the love that you've been chasing is only loving your fig leaves, your cover-ups, and your hidden scars. And there are people who love you. I'm not saying they don't love you. But since they don't know the authentic you, don't put all your confidence in that love. When I say only Jesus loves the authentic you, what I mean is that true, agape, unconditional love. Only Jesus can truly say, I love you just the way you are, just the way I created you. I see beyond the fig leaves, and I love you. I see behind the anger and the attitude, and I love you. I see through all that hurt and fear, and I love you. I see beyond the insecurity, and I love you. That's why Jesus 
Jesus should be your first love because he loved you first. He loved you first before the sin, before the shame, before the mess up, before the cover-ups. No one has or ever will love you like this. No one has or ever will love you like this. No one has or ever will love you like this. So put him first in your life. Make room for him. Don't choose to continue to distort yourself for people who don't even know you. Including you. Quit distorting yourself for you because you don't even know you. So only Jesus Christ knows the authentic you. Only Jesus Christ loves the authentic you. And only in Jesus Christ can I be the authentic me. Only in Christ. And, and y'all, look, there's nothing like being who you were born to be. There's such a freedom and a joy in being the authentic me. There's a peace there. <sighs> there's a rest there. There's an excitement there. It's a feeling unlike anything you've ever experienced to be in a place where there's no shame. There's no insecurity. There's no fear. There are no secrets. There's no hiding. You're walking in purpose. You know you're loved. You know you're accepted in the beloved. You can truly be naked and not ashamed. Like the little guy said, another round of bullets hits my skin. Well, fire away, because today I won't let the shame sink in. I'm not scared to be seen. I make no apologies. This is me. This is me. I am authentically me. This is where God wants us to be as we further take a look at our purpose you got to be who you're supposed to be in him. And only he can tell you that. So today I want to pray for people who have had to live with shame. Who have been living with shame. Not just shame of what you did, but ashamed of who you are. Haven't been yourself since you were molested. You haven't been yourself since you were rejected. You haven't been yourself since the divorce. You haven't been yourself since he cheated on you. You haven't been yourself since you went through that situation. Some of you haven't been yourself since you found out that your daddy didn't want nothing to do with you. You haven't been yourself since you found out you weren't mama's favorite. You haven't been yourself since you started flunking out of school. Just whatever it is that has caused you shame. And also come against those that are too arrogant to admit that this is not you. You mean you're rough. You talk crazy to people. You keep people off you. And you've been pointing and saying it's everybody else. God, I ask you to pull down the arrogance and the defensiveness long enough where they can say, this is not me. This is just how I protect me. We're not going to call you to the altar this morning just out of respect for your health place. But I don't have to lay hands on you for Jesus to do what Jesus needs to do. He's a God that can just speak the word. We like to lay hands because we believe in the transfer of the anointing. But he really don't need that. If he want to heal you, he can heal you right where he are. If you want to be healed and you want to be changed, he can do it right where you are. Right where you're listening. In your home or listening at work or wherever you're listening today. First, we want to make sure that everybody is in relationship with God. And that's through Jesus Christ and believing in Jesus Christ. So we're going to pray this prayer together to make sure that you're saved. That you're in the right place. So everybody pray with me and those of you that are listening, pray this prayer. 
just to make sure. Lord Jesus, I believe in you. Forgive me for everything I've done wrong. Take away the shame and save me. I want to live for you for the rest of my life. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. And if you're here and believe that, if you're online and believe that, just let us know that you got yourself right with God. There's a book I want you to have, and we'd love for you to be a part of our church. This is a place where you can become the authentic you and not be ashamed and find out what your purpose is in life. And so if you're in the auditorium right now, and you'd like to be a member of the church or you just prayed that prayer and you want that book and you want to do that, that, uh, just want you want to have that connection with God, either the church or with God, or you want to study more on how to be this Christian, how to be you. If you raise your hand, I'll send somebody to you. Anybody today that prayed that prayer, want to be saved or want to be more connected. Amen. Amen. Pastor Darian, if you would go to, uh, uh, Brother Chris there. Anyone else? We want to get you connected or reconnected. So let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, those that are here today, those that are listening by live stream, God, I ask your Holy Spirit to go where they are. You're already there. For you are Jehovah Shammah. You are the God who is there. You're already where they are. Touch them now as they open their hearts up to you. I rebuke every spirit of shame, every spirit of embarrassment, every spirit of anger and arrogance, meanness and self-defensiveness, insecurity and shyness, all of those things that we cover up with. God, I pull them out of hiding in the mighty name of Jesus. God, I need you to do two years of therapy instantaneously. In the name of Jesus, deliver them, set them free right here, right now. Move up and down these aisles. Touch your people. Don't let them leave here the same way they came. God, let this word sink down in their hearts. Let this word seal in their hearts. I come against the shame. God, we can be authentically ourselves in you. I come against every cover up, every fig leaf, everything that we've grabbed to control what our environment, what we don't want our environment to do to us. Every defensiveness, every defense mechanism, the anxiety, the fear, the fear of rejection, the fear of abandonment, the fear of failure, not feeling like they're good enough, the need for approval. We break it in the name of Jesus. We pull down that strong in the name of Jesus. God, help us to be us. Help us to be us. Help us to be us. Help us to be who you created us to be in the name of Jesus. Wash us. Wash us from our sin. Wash us from our wrong. Wash us and make us holy. Make us right. The blood of Jesus transforms us back into who we were originally designed to be. Save us. Save us from ourselves. Help us, Holy Spirit. Refill us. Speak to us. Make us. Mold us. If it's not like you, we release it in the... Hallelujah. If it's not like you, we release it. If it's not like you, God, if it's not who we are, God, we lay our hearts on the altar. Take out of our heart what doesn't belong there. Pick it out, God. Pull it at the root. Curse it at the root. God, whether it happened in our childhood, whether it happened in our adulthood, whether it happened in our marriage, whether it happened with our friends, God, even if it happened in the church, God, we ask you to heal it and pull it out. Take me, I'm yours. Take me, I'm yours. I just want you. He's doing it for somebody right now. Take me. Take it out, God. Take me. Shut down the memories. Heal them from the trauma. Heal them from the drama. And when
when you take it out, God, heal the place where it was. Take me and fill us up. And fill us up, God. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you got some insight, some inspiration, and some information on this episode. We'd like to fellowship with you in person. We have two campuses located in the city. We have our central campus located at 610 Bellrose. Our service time is at 9 a.m. on Sunday mornings. Then we have our Aliante campus. That's at 2550 Nature Park Drive, Suite 100. Our service time is at 12.30 p.m. on Sundays. For more information, you can visit newantioch.org or you can visit newantioch-aliante.org for more information on our social media to keep up with us. So we look forward to seeing you next time on the NACF Podcast. May God bless you real good.